Welcome to Five More Minutes. My name is Matt Blazer. I'm the host of this podcast where I talk about the gospel of Jesus, the good news that uh, we are God's and he is ours forever because of the work of Christ. What we're doing at Covenant Presbyterian over the next couple of months is we're looking at the questions people ask Jesus. First his friends, then women, especially because of the differences in culture between now and then, then his enemies, and then the questions that people asked Jesus after he rose from the dead. And as we look especially at the questions Philip and Thomas asked at the beginning of John chapter 14, it's amazing the scope of what's happening at the same time. It's amazing the scope of things Jesus has already taught about, including some of the things they're going to ask him about. It's amazing that he washed their feet and dealt with Peter's questions about that. It's amazing that he sent Judas off to do Judas's work. And Peter uh, got John to ask Jesus who it was that was going to betray him, though most of the disciples had no idea what was going on. The text goes on to explain that. And I want to point out a couple things, and then I want to talk to those of us that are parents, and then I want to point out something amazing we learned from John 14. The first thing is the number of tactics Jesus takes to patiently interact with Philip and Thomas's questions about seeing the Father and about the way. And Jesus takes at least five different gentle, patient tactics with them to help them understand that he is God. He says he is the way, so very straightforwardly. And then he reminds them gently that they know the Father because they know Jesus. They've been with him for a number of years. Then he asks two questions of Philip to gently remind Philip of all that Philip really does understand about him. He reminds them of his teaching before about himself as part of the Trinity from John chapter 10. And then he reminds them of all that they saw him do. So the miracles of Jesus. And I think it's worth noting that Jesus took so many tactics to gently help his friends understand who he was. I got a couple of responses from parents after the sermon who were essentially thrilled to find out that their pastor loses his temper with his two daughters. Um, And I want to, I have a couple of encouragements to parents, um, especially if your kids not only like to ask questions, but like to ask them repetitively. So you have already answered the question, but you're, you're hearing it again. First of all, parents, take a breath and try and remember that your children are asking who you are. Any, any question they ask is also a question, who is my parent? And the scary part is they're not asking in the abstract. They're asking a simple question in their heart. Who's my mom? Who's my dad? Who's my grandpa or grandma or cousin? Are they good? Are they trustworthy? Are they loving? By the time they're teenagers, they're going to start to ask in, a non, in an abstract way. But initially, they ask in a um, non-abstract way. Uh, your children need repetition. To learn to do life and to learn who you are, they're going to need repetition. So know that. The most important thing is not never losing our temper. The most important thing is being willing to go back and ask for their forgiveness and teach them about forgiveness, even if they're three years old, and apologize to them when we lose our temper. And it's okay to tell them that you're frustrated with them. And the last piece of encouragement that I have, and we see all this modeled in Jesus with Philip and Thomas, get onto their level as best you can, both in language and physically. Get on their level when you can. You can't always do it. You have something on the stove, you're literally driving, you're in a public place and you have to keep moving. But if you can, get on their level figuratively through language and physically. And now I want to jump somewhere that's not going to seem 
jumpable from talking to parents tactically about questions with their kids. Because of Philip and Thomas's great questions, Jesus says that his followers will do greater works than he did. And if he rose from the dead, and we have the responsibility of sharing the gospel with people, you know, with our actions and with our words, then that's true. And what that means is that in the kingdom, if you have shared your story of faith in Jesus with someone, and they even considered the gospel more than they had in the past, that's greater than Jesus walking on water. It means if you have sat with a suffering friend, because you know that the world is not as it's supposed to be, and as a follower of Jesus, you can sit with a friend on a mourner's bench with them. That is greater than when Jesus healed the woman of her blood disorder. If you have been generous with your time and with your money and with your talents, especially to the least of these, then that is greater than when Jesus turned water into wine. And I'm implying a false dichotomy that doesn't exist, which is that these things don't overlap with one another. They do. But when Jesus says in John 14, you will do greater works than these, that's what he means. And what that also means is parents, when one out of 10 times or one out of 20 You take a breath and remember that your child is asking, who is my parent? And you answer with kindness and patience, gentleness and clarity. You are doing a great, great work by teaching this child about true love and true commitment and true trust. And that is a great, great work to do. That's it for five more minutes. I hope that you're most encouraged by seeing the human face of Jesus and how much he not only loves his disciples, but also likes them, for he loves and likes you and me also. And that is good news. 